Greetings, Internet. Welcome to episode 84 of the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, alongside Tyler. Hey! It's a little bit later than we usually do this, Tyler. It's way later than what we do this. It's it's the PlayStation Report after dark. After, yeah, it is quite dark outside right now. Yeah. Man, I had some things that I had to take care of, some official formal things I had to take care of. I'm getting promoted next week or here very soon. I'm going to I'm going to take the tie off because uh, yeah. it's 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 time to kick back. Yeah. Just reminisce on video games. You look video nice game and sharp. News. You know, I don't need to look sharp right now. I just need to be comfortable. There you go. And wow. Man, how's your week been? It's been all right. Been very very busy. But, you know, it's a thing. It's a week. What's new? You know, always busy. Always one thing after the next. But hey, video games are happening. Video games. I was thinking are today. I'm like, I'm I'm pretty excited to podcast. Oh, oh yeah. On. There's 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 stuff going on, man. There's stuff going on indeed, man. Whew, fantasy football. I beat my brother. I am now the, I am now the number one person in the league. You are. Yep. Our records are literally opposite. Yes, and we're going into this week. And I think, hold on, shit. There's a game going on. Who is it? Shit. There is Chiefs fuck. and Raiders. Fuck, 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 man. I meant to get. Mmm. You know, my schedule has really fucked me over. This for fantasy football because I always seem to be doing something when I need to be paying attention to fantasy football. And I know it sounds like an excuse because it is. But hey, you might beat me this week and get a win. Nah. Someone's going to shit the Probably bed, not. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll oh, see. Man. I feel bad for that Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, oh, breaking his collarbone. Shit. Man, that's just a. You know, it always sucks when any player gets injured in any sport, but, you know, football, it happens so often, and some players are so important to their team. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that, you know, without him, I don't know how good the Packers are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, just, it, it, and it sucks because he's such a good guy. He's such a, a draw for the NFL every single week. Like, you want to see Aaron Rodgers play because he's so good, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty devastating injury there. <clears throat> that that uh, helped me in my win last week, although I won't say... I, I, I won in my other league for because of that, but I, I think I would have won anyway. But, hey, I'll take anything I can get to win. Sucks he had to get hurt for so long. Yeah. Uh, Basically, all cow- all um, Packers players have become very not valuable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's had that's their team over the past few years. It, it it sucks because they're probably usually always one of the best teams in the league, but they always get injured, and their best players always get injured all the time. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Oh. I, I just I would love the day, and I I I don't think we're ever going to get it though. Mm-hmm. For a Patriots Packers Super Bowl, hmm, that I want to see would Tom be Brady something. go against Aaron Rodgers. That's that's what I want. Mm-hmm. But hey, Sunday night though, 
I'm looking forward to the Falcons going to the Patriots. That'll be an oh, interesting. Oh yeah, Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, that'll be fun. You've got Matt Ryan in that. Dude, of course I'm playing Matt Ryan because the Patriots defense fucking sucks. But knowing my luck this season in fantasy football, he's going to throw some interceptions, man. He's going to throw like five interceptions, just like Ben Roethlisberger then. Exactly. And the Patriots will have like the best defense in the league. Yeah. um, So how about the Steelers, however, turning it around and beating the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, the last undefeated team. Yeah, that was a good game. They just shut them. They shut Kansas City down in the first half. Yeah, I, I was sitting down watching this game and I was like, how the hell is Kansas City undefeated? But I guess the Steelers defense just is that good this year. And it's making up for the offense being kind of shitty. Which the offense shouldn't be shit. No, it shouldn't be. They have like two of the two of the biggest superstars in the NFL right now in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yes, sir. If that offense can turn it around, that team is going to be dangerous. Absolutely. Mm. Mm-mm. Enough about football, though. <laughs> I feel like when football season's in, we, we, we talk a good like 10 minutes about football every every week. <laughs> yeah. Get your weekly football in. Yeah. But it is about video games, and I believe we both played some video games, maybe different video games, but we played some video games, Tyler. How about you tell them about some of these video games? Yeah, I played some Destiny 2 Iron Banner. So it's the first Iron Banner for Destiny 2, ran through it. It's okay. It's Iron Banner. I enjoy Iron Banner and Destiny because it's more competitive than normal. But it's not as competitive as Trials of Osiris or Trials of the Nine now. So that's neat. And I did get some pretty solid weapons out of it, not necessarily in terms of a power level, but in terms of function and in using them. They seem pretty damn good. So that's cool. But very grindy to get which to get to the highest so it's not a a rank anymore. It used to be rank one through five. And you got stuff at every single level. Now, the Iron Banner works much like anything else in Destiny 2. So it's a faction engram, basically. So you win, you get five tokens, you lose, you get two, you complete challenges, you get two tokens and so on. And, And if you complete all the challenges for the day then you get 15 extra tokens that you can spend. So you can level up pretty fast. Uh, Just you had to level up 10 times to get to the highest reward tier or get the seasonal reward is what they called it. But the biggest change is that your gear doesn't actually matter in Iron Banner this time around. They kind of made everybody even for the most part in you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I like that about Iron Banner. I liked that it was once again competitive, but not super competitive. And your stuff actually mattered. There was a little bit more of a bragging rights thing to it. But I wonder if they did it because of, you know, they're a little worried about how truly balanced Destiny 2 is because you go into multiplayer and all anybody ever uses is the Mito multi tool. Mm-hmm. So. 
obviously there's a big balance problem there. So I wonder if that's why they kind of put everybody on a level playing field. But and I don't know if it was in the game before Iron Banner or not. There was a map in there called, I believe it was Distant Shores, which was basically Shores of Time from the first Destiny just kind of remade. I mean, it's basically the same exact map with a very pretty coat of paint. So that was cool to kind of just be playing and like, oh, here's a new map that I haven't played before. And yeah, it's bringing back an older map, but it's a it's a fun map. So that was neat too. Yeah, I mean, Destiny 2, Iron Banner, it's cool. I'm up to 295. I think I'm pretty much raid ready whenever that happens. Yeah. But in a way... One day we'll raid. Yeah. In a way, you know, I've heard how frustrating this raid is and stuff. In a way, I'm not looking forward to it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I want to do it just because, like... <sighs> It's a thing to do in Destiny that I just haven't touched, and right. I'm looking for things to do in Destiny. But yes, if it's that, if is... it's that frustrating, I, I don't know. We'll see when we get to it. Yeah, and that is the thing about Destiny 2 right now. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I want to say there's nothing to do because there's always things to do weekly, but they're kind of repetitive things. And unless you're really, really going to start chasing loot and light levels or you raid every week or something, there's not a whole lot to do extra, you know. So hopefully they can build that out a little bit more over time before an expansion comes out they set themselves up nicely in terms of events like we had the faction rallies we had iron banner um you know trials every weekend in it's almost halloween time they usually do festival of the lost around then so they can have that to keep people kind of sucked in and then you know maybe you have a christmas event you know bringing back sparrow racing i i don't know but they set themselves up nicely in order to have those things come back often. Hopefully they do. Yeah. I will see. I, I've, yeah, I, I think the events that they've, they've done, they've scheduled. I feel like it hasn't been hitting fast enough. I feel like they need, I think they need to pick up the pace on that stuff. Like faction rally was a great thing. I think faction rally should happen every two weeks. Yeah. It needs to be like a set schedule sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think Iron Banner in the first game, they shot to do it once a month. Hopefully they can do that again here once a month. Iron Banner, maybe once a month. Faction rallies and fill in the other weeks with something else. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, played that, played Steam World Dig 2. Oh, you did? Sweet. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering what you think of that game because I, I love it. I, I want to hear what you what do you have to say. So I've played about an hour so far, but I was just really looking for something new to play, something a little bit smaller, something a little bit less AAA, you know, and... <laughs> This is kind of the perfect game for that. I think this is a really neat game. I didn't play the first one, but this game is so relaxing to play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just relaxing to just kind of zone out and just dig and find stuff and go. 
I see a little something over there. Okay, cool. Found that. Oh, now I'm seeing something else right over here. Got to go dig over to there. And it's just this nonstop loop of, wow, you know, that kind of looks intriguing over there. And, you know, I think the game does do a good job, though, of giving you an objective to go to of like, here, you have to go to this area. But getting there is like, wow, there's a whole lot, heck of a lot of things to see and, and to discover. And that discovering is a lot of fun. And the leveling up is fun. It's a it's a very addictive loop. Mm-hmm. Of I found a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go make money. Now I'm going to upgrade my stuff so that I can do stuff and do more stuff, do it quicker, do it better, and then go do the same thing. It's It's a crazy fucking loop and i'm really excited to play more of it i really like the art style of this game i like the sound design i like just about everything about this game i think it's a, it's a neat little thing mm-hmm. that you know it came out it's at a very busy time but don't sleep on this game though you know just because it's a smaller game it's coming out in the fall it's a really neat game I'm excited to play more. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite smaller games of the of this year. Like there's like we had Pyre, which was kind of a smaller game. And now now yeah. uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Those are two of my favorite games this year. And they're not the big triple A titles. And that's it's just goes to show you 2017. Man, this yeah. game could have come out any other year and been like one of my favorite like top five games of the year and i'm not sure where it'll end up at the end of the year who knows mm-hmm. but like this game like i think steamroll dig 2 is one of those games that could very easily have won what 2015's game of the year for me because there wasn't much coming out that that year or 2014 yeah. or one of those years back then early in the playstation 4's life cycle this game could have been up there for game of the year but it is still that quality it's just that this year's been slamming us man it's been slamming us with great games i agree yeah i'm i'm looking forward to playing a lot more and i i think too it's good for bite-sized like play mm-hmm. you know if i have 30 minutes i'm just gonna go dig for some shit and come back tomorrow 30 more minutes and dig for some shit it's really really well made for that and i i love all the like the optional side dungeons to the the little caves that you go into yeah i think yeah. that look like the whole the whole puzzle solving in that and how you sometimes have to come back to it when you have new tools to get everything to 100 percent. those i think that's that's a really smart thing for replayability i agree yes and the other game i played which is probably the big game to come out this week is south park the fractured butthole mm. so this is the sequel to a stick of truth like literally it picks up like the day after stick yeah. of truth okay <laughs> uh and it which is awesome and you know hey the stick of truth was a very awesome rpg probably one of my favorite rpgs because it was different it was very funny it's playing a South Park TV episode and it, you know, it was the only problem with it is that it's just way too easy, way too fucking easy and way too simple. So I played about two hours of this game so far and so far I'm really enjoying it. You know, I'm, I'm this weekend. I'm going to dive into it a lot more, but they definitely have built it out a little bit more and gave it a lot more oomph to it. Now you have 
like upgrading and stuff is a little bit different. You're constantly, it's a very Ubisoft thing. Like you're constantly ticking boxes off in a way like you're constantly leveling things up and once you level that up then you get something else and it's like oh i crafted something now you just got to craft two more things and you're at the next level oh i just beat the shit out of some sixth graders just beat five more and you're at the next level for that it's like that sort of really really addicting loop i think it works for this game too because i think it it's not super intrusive and it's just something that's kind of addicting there's just a little bit more like quality of life improvements i think the map is way easier to read there's a little mini map sort of thing that you can pop up which wasn't in the first game and you know visually it's south park it's straight up a south park episode so it it does look crisper but it's not you know the first the stick of truth still looks incredible and it's still there's not much more else you can do with this art style but i love it and the way they adopted to the gameplay just fits so well but the other big thing that they've done with this game is they've changed the combat system a little bit so the first game it was a little bit too easy it was a little bit based off of timing in a way like you had to just hit the button at the right time and then boom dude's dead sort of thing this game and it was strictly turn-based so this game they have built it out and it you're now playing on a grid so now every battle has a decent sized grid and some attacks you'll you'll fucking shoot a a fart into some dude's face and he'll go flying back into other enemies causing more damage the only thing and and maybe there's attacks that you can do later in the game or abilities that you can unlock you can't like so you can only attack what's in front of you or behind but you can't turn to the left and attack somebody which is really fucking frustrating so far. And maybe I'm just being a dumbass and I haven't figured out how to do it. But there were so many times I'm like, damn it, I just want to attack this guy right to the left. But no, I have to get behind him and everything. But, you know, hey, I, I like the combat system because there's a, there is a little bit more thought to it. And it's not, at least so far, it's not super repetitive. It might get repetitive, but I think having something based on a grid and movement adds more strategy to it to where it at least won't get as repetitive as quickly as just a strict turn-based game does. But I mean, some of the powers and humor in this game is just so, so ridiculous. Like one of the, like you, you have to have a uh, backstory to your superhero and he's just like, and you open the door and you saw your dad fucking your mom and it was so traumatic for you. And it's like that stuff's just it's South Park. It's offensive in a great way. I like that shit. I love stupid humor like a lot. So. So this is kind of right up my alley, but the goofy part about playing both of these games is I can probably count on one hand the amount of South Park episodes I've watched in my life. I haven't watched it too much. But it's cool. You mean you're a superhero in this game. And there's a lot of really neat stuff with the classes and everything. I'm, I'm excited to play a lot more of it to, to really see what this game has to offer. Apparently, it's way longer than the first one, too. 
about twice as long. So yeah, I'll I like to hear how you feel about this game long term panning out because I, I don't mean to crap on the developer or anything, but it, it is made by a different team. Um, Obsidian's not not on it, and Obsidian is known for making great RPGs. I'm I'm just wondering if that if this team uh, followed up in in that way. Yeah, definitely, and you can tell there are like I said some very Ubisoft things there. Who knows what other Ubisoft things there are? Oh, it, it's cool. Can, can, can we buy hats out of boxes? <laughs> yeah. And see, that's the thing between South Park and SteamWorld League 2. I don't think there's really any. I don't think there's any microtransactions in these games, which is great. I mean, South Park has a season pass, but I would much rather have a season pass than a fucking um, microtransaction system. Mm-hmm. So it felt refreshing. Like, man. Not just constantly being bent over and asked to fucking buy these goddamn things. Yep, I I get it. Um, yeah. What did you play? I played some more Middle Earth Shadow of War. Yeah. Uh, I did my first assault on a fortress. That felt like a very Middle Earth thing, like a very uh, Lord of the Rings type of thing, that, that battle. It, it was pretty fucking epic, man. Having all of our captains fight each other and shit, man. It was just, it was fucking awesome. I love was it hard? So, I didn't find it particularly hard, but I don't mean to brag, but I'm kind of good at that game. I don't get killed very often. But yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was really fun. I thought the challenges there, I could pump up the difficulty if I wanted to. Or I could go in less prepared than I did. But I I don't know. I just I felt like it was a fun experience. I now have my first fortress and I'm managing my first area here, trying to get some reliable captains on my side so I can move on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like it. I, I'm enjoying the game more than the more that I play it. And I'm still not running into the um, the problem that people have mentioned with the microtransactions of that game. But. Like I said last week, I will mention it if I come across it. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm glad that you're you've been enjoying yourself for a while now, and it's not been a problem. I mean, it helps so that uh, Shelob is a sexy spider lady now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the reboot of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They do bastardize some lore, but hey, it's a fu- it's still a fun game, and I don't think anyone playing that game for lore is going to have a great time, and I don't think no. that's that's their target audience either. No, I mean they kind of wrecked the lore in the first game, and they're just really fucking taking it down the tube. With oh, this one. suddenly there's just there, there's just another ring of power in the world. Yeah. Oh my like, god! <laughs> hey, let's just put that aside a little bit. The lore here. Let's just go slay some orcs. Yeah, let's just make a fun video game which they did and i appreciate that so can you get counterattack like your fortress and stuff yes you can you, you absolutely can and uh it hasn't happened to me yet but uh i i'd like to think that that, that my uh, war chiefs and my captains are in a good position to uh defend my fortress <laughs> i hope that when i leave it leave that area in their hands that I come back and everything isn't on fire, Mm -hmm. but it very well could be on fire. I would have loved maybe, you know, I would love if this game did it 
or if any other game did it where it was like some four player co-op thing and it worked exactly like that. Like you say, Hey, I'm going to go out and take this fortress and I'll stay back and defend it. And you know, we have to actually really communicate and work together with that stuff. And you have your army with you and I have my army, but we're still all one big army or something. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be badass. I would yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I will keep you updated on my experiences with Shadow of War, which I need to accelerate on because next Friday, holy fuck. I know. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's fucking just a week. It is. So the madness. Yeah, it is. I'm excited. Oh, man. I played another game. Yeah. Gran Turismo Sport. Oh. It's not Gran Turismo 7. This is a very um, it's a it's an interesting thing. Uh, So I've heard I was watching Giant Bomb play this game today and I was like, this is not what I was expecting. This is probably not what a lot of people were expecting. This is a very interesting thing. So I guess to summarize, Gran Turismo Sport is very online focused. Uh, It has a small single player area. You can do arcade races like you do in almost every racing game. You can just go race on any track or whatever. There's this training like this. The campaign that they set up is basically a lot of training exercises uh, that are just trying to make you into a better driver. But the meat and potatoes of this game is actually racing online. And in order to race online, you have to watch tutorial videos to tell you how to race to not be an asshole. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And so far, the online races that I've done have been the most tame racing experiences I've ever had playing a Gran Turismo or playing any racing game. It has been really? so tame and so polite racing that, see, in that game. And that, that's the thing when I was watching this stuff, I'm like, man, there's not a this isn't what I'm really looking forward to. And I, I like sim racers and stuff. So this isn't really what I was looking for. But at the same time, I like racing other people. And like if you're playing Forza online, it's a shit show. Like everybody just wants to wreck each other in the first corner. But if I could compete with actual players that actually give a shit and want to race properly and to try to just be the best through just pure skill and not being a jackass, that could be really cool. It is. It is so fucking cool, man. And like this whole system of like having people actually race like you would race cars is awesome, except for the fact that it doesn't let you do it consistently. Yeah, there there are certain times where certain races open entry and it's just a certain classic car on certain tracks. You can't just go out and matchmake. There are lobbies you can set up. You can set up lobbies and race. That's that's a thing. But to like do matchmaking online, just automatic matchmaking, you have to race these certain daily races. I think they come in at 20 minute intervals. And you have to race those at at their desired time. The cool thing about it, though, when you enter, you do qualification uh, laps, which means you can you can actually determine 
your fate on the starting grid, which I, I like that. I like that part. But yeah, for as for like day to day racing, that's that's what you're going to get. How how long do the the races last? So in my experience, races have last like somewhere between 10 and 12 minutes. OK. Hmm. So That's you have enough time to like back out and then get into the next race. So you could do some continuous racing. Mm-hmm. How do you like? How, are all the cars just there for you? Do you have to unlock them? How do how do you race different stuff? So, all right, there are a number of ways to unlock cars, and when you're online you have access to the cars that are in your garage. Uh, And the way you earn cars, there are some ways you can earn it through the campaign, like completing like a certain set of challenges or that kind of stuff. You also get it from this thing called a daily workout, which is just basically driving a certain distance every day. You get a random car from that. Mm. You also... In these events, you earn these things called mileage points, which you can go to the mileage ex- point exchange and exchange that for a car. You earn credits, which you can go to the brand center and go buy a car there. Uh, mileage points can be used in that store, and they can also be used to improve the performance of your vehicles. It's kind of a weird currency. You can buy cars, you can buy decals, you can buy helmets, racing helmets, you can buy different like paint types, colors for your car. It's it's a very weird thing. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. At least there's a lot of ways to do it. Is there any loot boxes? Not that I've seen. Like if you want to consider wow. your daily workout a loot box, Sure, but you only get one a day if you drive long enough. Okay. But other than that, yeah, there's not... I I have not seen a loot box. That's good. I imagine, however, that these mileage points that you're earning will eventually be turned into some sort of microtransaction. That's, that's the general feel I get from that. It seems like a premium currency. But yeah. it's something you also earn in-game. And at the yeah. rate I've been earning it, I've bought like I bought things that I like, and it's not like there's anything superior in that store. See, I feel like there's a little bit of a missed opportunity here in terms of campaign. There is absolutely because instead of just doing challenges, like why couldn't you do this like very serious sim sort of story mode or something? You know. I th- where you're kind of rising up through the ranks, but you're racing really hard, really clean, stuff like that. I feel like there's a huge missed opportunity there for something like that. Because the online sounds neat, but like, what if you're not really on into online, but you love racing, you know? Then don't buy this game. That's all. Yeah. That's all I have to say. If you don't want to race online, don't buy this video game. Yeah, that's that's a that's a shame. I will say it yeah. looks beautiful, like all yeah. the cars, the screen, like there are these things called scapes where you can place cars in different positions and take pictures of them. And their photo mode is so great. I took a picture in that game and it just looks like a vehicle in a place like in real life. And yeah. that is impressive. 
that's one thing about uh, polyphony, man. They are very much attention and if to you, detail. And I know you like cockpit view. Am I am I right in that? Yeah. You look around in that cockpit, man. It is whew, detail, wow. baby. Detail. Yeah. I wonder though, you know what? What is Gran Turismo's like cachet worldwide anymore? Like because GT Five sold extremely well, but that was a long time ago. GT Six came out when the PS Three launched, so that was kind of weird, and and it didn't get as great of reviews forza has been coming out often now has been really good for a while and gt just takes a long time to to make anymore i just wonder you know you have this kind of very niche niche game in gran turismo sport that took forever to make like and they haven't really been great a lot of people say since gran turismo 4 you know I just wonder how how much are people going to care? You know? Mm, yeah. And I get that. I imagine a Gran Turismo 7 could be built on the backbone of this because what they have here, the driving, uh, the, just the way the game looks and feels playing it, it's a very good game for driving and i feel like it's something that they can build on and i and i hope they do i hope a gran turismo 7 comes out that's more like a traditional gran turismo game where you're working your way up like earning different licenses that's a thing that's completely missing from this game that i i remember from old gran turismo games you earning your license and being able to participate in higher class events and i I want that. I, w- I want that, but I also like what's here in GT Sport. Now, as for the price, it, I, I believe this is a $60 game. I forget what I yeah. paid for it. It's I a $60 it game. 60. And you might be able to get $60 from uh, worth of it if you're really into online racing. The thing is about this game, I think they're really pivoting to esports in a, in a yeah. really absurd way in that they're having these tournaments in which... You enter and you race, I believe, in this specific tournament once a week and you do one race a week on a specific track ahead. And you know that ahead of time and you're supposed to prepare for that and you do it round by round like you do round one, one week, and then you move on to the next round. It is such a strange thing, man. Yeah. That's weird. But I think, honestly, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna actually just try to see how I do in those tournaments. I, I I'm yeah. curious because I've been I've been racing pretty good. I don't have any wins yet, but I've been racing pretty good. I haven't looked bad out there. That's what I'll say. That's good. <laughs> mm. Cool. Yeah, it's it's such a interesting release been a very solid year for racing games though in a weird way like Gran Turismo is kind of very niche this year but it, it seems like it's if you're into online racing it's cool if you're not then it's not 
fours and sevens build a little too much about around loot boxes and microtransactions to the point where it really hurts itself and it just repeats a lot of content. Project Cars 2, though, that's apparently the jam. Mm. I might have to check that out. Mm hmm. We need to race each other. We so we've done Madden against each other since we've started this uh, show. We haven't really done racing against each other. Not a whole lot. No. Correct. I think we need we to do. we need to figure something out about that. Is there like a party system in GT Sport? So I I didn't really explore that that much, but I imagine we could just start a lobby. I yeah, could just start hopefully. a lobby and make it private, create a password for it and give it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't actually really explored that system very much because I just, I just want to do the races against random people. I don't feel like going out and physically being like, Oh yeah, this one. It's just so many decisions to make. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to sit back and play a video game. And I was looking forward to Amy Hennig's new game. Mm-hmm. But we're getting the news here. EA shutting down Visceral Games, man. That's that's a big blow. Very much so. So I'm going to read a quote that they they gave. Uh, They said in its current form, it was shaping up to be a story based linear adventure game throughout the development process. We have been testing the game concept with players listening to the feedback and about what about what and how they want to play and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we need to pivot the design. So do you, do you want to know how that reads to me? A very specific line, how that reads to me. It has become clear uh, to uh, deliver an experience that players will want to come back and enjoy for a long time to gum. That tells me yeah. they want to make a game that people come back to and pay more money for. Yeah. That's just... Yeah. Mm. It, it basically says that we no longer want to do single player focused video games. Yeah, and that to me that sucks ass. Yes. And people out there, they know that I'm not the greatest, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but when Amy Hennig puts her name to a game, she has Uncharted under her belt, I will play an Amy Hennig game regardless of if it's Star Wars or not because she has a creative direction that I enjoy. Correct. And the thought of having a really strong single player focused Star Wars experience is to me awesome, especially after the cancellation of Star Wars 1313 from a while ago. You know, that game looked awesome. That was going to be a single player focused game. And it just, look, you could probably make a lot more money from a game that is. Maybe a Destiny-like game or a multiplayer-focused game than you can just a strictly single-player-focused game. But there's something that is just incredible about those games. And those are the games, to me, that really help push video games forward as an artistic 
medium. Mm. You know what I mean? Even even on the smaller scale with indie games, like you're seeing a lot of games like The Witness or something really push that shit forward. And that's cool. But it's nice that you have some AAA studios that are still really focused on that stuff, like a Naughty Dog or Arcane or, you know, that stuff's great. But EA is not in the business of giving a shit about that stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they just want to make money at the end of the day. And I think, and you know, Hey, if you have a star Wars, like destiny game, damn, that could be a, a pretty, pretty damn solid thing where, you know, if you're, it's this shared world thing and you're going around and shooting shit in the star Wars universe that could hook a lot of people in if you do it right. But at the same time, you know, it's another sci-fi sort of thing competing with like destiny or something, but in also competing with Anthem, EA's own Anthem. So, you know, maybe it won't be something like that, but it's definitely going to be a game that they, you're going to come back to and that they can put microtransactions into. And it's... I I don't know. I, I don't really have anything particularly smart or nice to say about EA at the moment with the way that they're treating this. Like, they just completely shut down Visceral. That studio yeah. is no longer there now. And I, know, and I hope is... those guys get get work because what they should like the three seconds we saw of it got me excited. And I know that's probably a dumb thing for me to say, but I just imagining a Star Wars game that is just another game that from the creator of Uncharted was something that really got me off my off my seat and to see it just be shut down because of someone making a business decision just that pisses me off yeah it's it you know hey and i'm just kind of throwing this out there i'm not a businessman i don't understand this stuff i'm sure there's a ton of behind the scenes things that we will never hear we will never understand on why they shut down visceral studios but i never understand why certain publishers do this with their studios like why is ea shutting down visceral studios why didn't they just can the project and say visceral now you are working on something else or you're making a new ip or whatever like why do they have to shut them down as a studio and say you are no longer a thing why did microsoft have to shut down Lionhead studios making fable you know, just because Fable is going in a different direction. Why couldn't they say, you know, fuck this project. It's not worth it. Yeah, we're going to lose some money, but let's make Fable 4. We'll maybe make it back up. Or Sony's shut down a bunch of studios, too. You know, like, why does that have to happen with games? And maybe it's just you've lost so much money you just don't see it or anything. But it's just it's an interesting thing because you do hear it of like um, Sony Santa Monica. They were making a new IP and that project got canned, but now they're making God of War. Sony didn't shut them down, you know? It's an interesting thing that I would love to just have more insight to. The video game industry is so secretive, I doubt we will ever hear anything on why. It's also a shame for Amy, Amy Hennig, man. I mean, she 
left Naughty Dog with all that hoopla that went down with Uncharted 4 so she didn't get to finish off Uncharted. Here she's making a single-player Star Wars game. Wow, what a combination. Now she might not be making this anymore. Like, what's her future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Excuse me. And I... I think we've said enough on this, and the news isn't getting any better this week so far. Because <laughs> Activision, no. the another huge fucking publisher, is trying to just pull the money out of your pockets, drain your blood, and sell it. And it's it is just this is disgusting. So Activision, they're trying to encourage microtransactions through matchmaking by matching you with players whom your microtransaction equipment gives you an advantage over. That's that's what I read from this. Correct. And it's supposed to encourage the person that doesn't have that stuff to go try and buy microtransactions to get that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to also reinforce the person who bought the stuff to make them think that it was a good decision to buy that. Yes. I, it's this like never ending loop. It disgusts me. It just fucking disgusts me. Why are you fucking with matchmaking just to, it's, it's really just telling like they don't care if you're having a good time. Correct. They this blatantly says uh, to me that they don't care if you're having a good time playing their game unless you're giving them money. Yeah. While you're doing it. I'm not going to read the bigger one here, but the second example really just sums up everything about the system. What we were talking about says, for example, if the player purchased a particular weapon, the microtransaction engine may match the player in a gameplay session in which the particular weapon is highly effective, giving the player an impression that the particular weapon was a good purchase. This may encourage the player to make future purchases and to achieve similar gameplay results. So it's just like this, like, this loop. I mean, even if it doesn't end up that way, it is giving the illusion of pay to win. Exactly. (laughs) To me, the most disgusting thing about this is, yeah, they're not really giving a shit about you. They want to make money. To me, this just paints an extremely grim picture for AAA video games. Mm -hmm. And it, at the same time, I am very happy that the indie scene has gotten so much bigger and so much stronger that there are games that I can fall back on and be like, you, you're doing the right thing. I'm going to give you my money for your video game. Exactly. Because you have stuff like this just so blatantly obvious that wants to make money. And look, everybody's got to make money to, to survive and to live and everything. But when you're, like we talked about last week with the loot boxes, like they are just building their entire game around this system. And the system hasn't been implemented in any game. At least that's what they say right now. But theoretically, they're going to build their entire game around this system just to make you feel good. So you're just constantly buying. So it's not really about 
the experience. It's about you just buying shit over and over and over again when you aren't going to fucking get anywhere because it's just going to keep making you feel that you need to constantly be buying stuff in microtransactions and everything. And that's just gross, man. Like, why can't you just build a fucking video game and put that stuff all to the side to maybe where, like, it's not fully irrelevant but it's not so in your face either because there's something to say about having good PR with that sort of stuff and looking good you know what I mean Mm -hmm. there's some companies out there like CD Projekt Red is a great example of a company that just with what they did with The Witcher 3 regardless if you liked it or not they looked fucking great because they sold a season pass that wasn't overly expensive they delivered on content they delivered a ton of free content they made an extremely great video game for your money you know and they didn't they didn't bitch about it they didn't say yeah we need to make more money they didn't put microtransactions in later because they needed to make more money no you know so now when cyberpunk 2077 2077 comes around it's like well CD Projekt Red they really delivered with The Witcher 3 they absolutely have my attention just from the decisions they made Hmm. it's just it's a shitty thing man I don't want AAA games to be going down this fucking dark rabbit hole because it's not good and I do think that this sort of shit can potentially really really backfire i mean we've seen many examples throughout video games especially recently where you know people don't like it they will constantly bitch up a storm about it and it will change you know i think the most infamous example of that is microsoft with xbox one originally Mm -hmm. you know that thing was a disaster and people shit all over it and they completely changed that system. I feel the same thing can happen with microtransactions. I hope it does because uh, as of now, like I don't, I just don't have the money to compete if it's going to be that way. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, if there's no microtransactions that they also can't do DLC or season passes or whatever, like I'm fine with extra content. I just hate how this stuff is just so in your face and gross and the game's built around it anymore. I get it. You know, the games can't always be free. And that's the most frustrating part to me about this stuff. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. It's just kind of all come to a head all in just a couple weeks here with all these games coming out this fall because they didn't really talk about these systems. Of course, you don't want to talk about this because nobody likes this shit. It's just going to be there. You know, nobody wants to talk about these things. Oh, man. Anyways. Talking about a little bit of frustration. I, I was a little bit frustrated with Naughty Dog recently about this news that's coming out. Um, David Ballard came out this past weekend uh, accusing a a development lead, Naughty Dog, that uh, he was he was sexually harassed while working there and he was 
promptly fired when he brought it up to HR and offered money to stay silent, which obviously he hasn't. So he, he comes out with this story. The very next day, Naughty Dog comes out with their statement, and it reads, We have recently read on social media that an ex-employee of Naughty Dog, Dave Ballard, claims he was sexually harassed when he worked at Naughty Dog. We have not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard, and he was harassed that he that he was harassed in any way at Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment. <laughs> Harassment is inappropriate conduct. It has have no place at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. We have taken and always will take reports of sexual harassment and other workplace grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. It is of utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe, productive workplace environment that allows us all to channel our shared passion for making games. My greatest, my most, uh, I don't know, uh, my most obvious complaint here that it's Naughty Dog is completely discrediting David Ballard's claim here. What they're doing is just saying, hey, that didn't happen. They're 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 denying it completely. And what they could have done to alleviate a little bit of this is at least like do an internal investigation, which doesn't happen between Saturday and Sunday. That's not what happens between Saturday and Sunday. They don't they don't do an investigation on the weekend. It's going to take some time to figure out if anything actually happened. I feel like um, Naughty Dog came out too quickly with the wrong statement. Yeah, I mean, I would like if if Naughty Dog says something like that of, yeah, we're going to look into this. That's at the same time, you know, I, this is such like a touchy subject, you know. And I'm not saying it didn't happen, but, you know, there is not really much proof right now mm-hmm. with what he's saying but if new york said you know hey we're going to look into this then yeah of course that that would that would be great they gave a very typical pr response and it's not a very human response that's 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 something that 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 hits me is that for something like this something like sexual harassment something like some if there is some sort of like someone's covering someone else's ass in the company there isn't going to be any sort of like paperwork evidence. You're going to have to do like you're going to have to interview people who were around him and try to figure out if there was any anything fishy with the environment that they were working in. Yeah. And try to try to work it down from there. I, I, I just feel like this was way too quick. Wrong message. Correct. And in. Yeah, because I, I don't really want to like point fingers or put blame on anybody in you know if he was sexually harassed then that's a very unfortunate and fucked up thing like that stuff shouldn't happen in the workplace and especially in the workplace it shouldn't happen ever but the workplace is not not a place for something like that and and if david's story is true of like they offered him twenty thousand dollars and told him to sign a letter of termination said that he just wasn't happy at work like that's really fucked up if that is true. And I'm not saying it is or it isn't. Um, 
but like yeah it's just such a such a shitty thing either way who knows where this will go from here hopefully there will be a good resolution and and i hope i hope they're like i hope an answer comes out of this because completely dismissing the claim isn't an answer it's and it doesn't look good i don't i don't think this dismissal looks good i i think they need uh, someone needs to take better care of the kind of message they're sending out here because what they're sending out here is that uh nothing ever happens here and it's just perfect all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, they're they're basically claiming that nothing like this could have happened and could have been covered up it's it's just it, that's that's what it sounds like 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 they're they have these steel walls and these iron walls between them and it's it it doesn't seem like they're taking this with the seriousness that it should be taken because sexual harassment is a very serious thing yeah. and and it can lead to even more serious crimes and if there it would behoove Naughty Dog to find out if there is something wrong in their company right. That's all I have to say about that. I don't disagree I don't, with you I don't, on that. I don't mean to throw Naughty Dog under the bus here, but there is a more tactful and and thoughtful way to approach this kind of situation, and they just didn't do it, and it is very unfortunate. And I <laughs> and I hope that people out there keep an open mind with what's happening here, and do, and don't just like either throw one side or the other under the bus right away until we figure out what happened. Yeah. Man, what a like! What a week, man! What a fucking week! <laughs> These stories are like, damn! <sighs> it's such a weird thing of like, there's some solid games coming out, but the news is, whew, some heavy news this week. It's the, it's like the dichotomy of the situation in the world and the video games we play, but it's starting to bleed closer and closer over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, man. All right. Well, let's move on to, I guess, neutral to good news. I'd I'd like to say this is good news. How about you hit us with this? Yeah. Um, Sony Music starts indie games label called Unities. (laughs) Sure. Let me repeat that. Sony Music Entertainment started an indie games label. What in the flying fuck is going on over here? There's four games that are going to be that have been announced. Tiny Meta, Last Standard, Merkava Avalanche and Demo Reborn with Tiny Metal coming out on PS4 November 21st. It's also come to Switch and PC. Oh, so Sony Music making games for other platforms? Yeah. Huh. Very just bizarre thing. And I don't really understand this. And I wonder if Sony Interactive Entertainment had anything to say about this, had any input of like... No, like, why are we publishing games on other systems? And that happens sometimes with stuff like Minecraft, for example. But it's just 
It's such a weird thing. It's such a dumb Sony thing to happen. <laughs> oh, man. And even that name, Unties, Unties, who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really understand that. What this could mean, though. Let's get let's get Rob Zombie back in there making some twisted metal like game. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I doubt anything significant will come out. Actually, no. To be fair, a new uh, twisted metal would be baby metal. That, that's what would play. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. That's Just a weird story that I, I kind of want to to throw out there. Like, yeah, Sony's Sony Music is publishing Switch games and PC games and PS4 games. There's one game here. It says actually, to be determined. PC slash to be determined. Yeah, like, is it even going to come to PS4? What the fuck? What if it's an Xbox console exclusive? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Ugh. It's weird. Video games are strange. Oh, man. Uh, you want I See, I, I feel like I've been talking too much about the bad news, Tyler. How about, how about you deliver this next piece of news regarding CD Projekt Red and their statement about the bad news? Yeah, so CD Projekt Red published a big statement about basically accusations that their studio is a poor working environment. And it's a really interesting read. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but they comment sort of on this stuff. But at the same time, they don't really address what they're actually being accused of. But they they address departures that after The Witcher 3, we were over 200 developers strong, and that was the core crew of the studio. Since then, we've almost doubled headcount, and we're still hiring people. So the studio is growing a lot, and they say we are continuously working on making CD Projekt Red a great working place for everybody, but we also have set of values that constitutes with how – with who we are and how we do things. So they talk once again about departures and how if one person leaves the studio, it's not really going to affect something the size of CD or Cyberpunk 2077. They said Cyberpunk 2077 is progressing as planned, but we are taking our time. In this case, silence is the cost of making a great game. They said their approach to games is not for everybody, though. So I guess that that's another thing of, you know, there's these allegations that it's a poor working environment, but maybe it's just a little bit extra stressful there because of the way they just develop games. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, they're early on or in the middle of, I don't really know at this point with cyberpunk 2077 that maybe, you know, they're still trying to discover what this game is going to be fully so it can be a very stressful time. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there. But in their statement, they don't actually say anything about what they're being accused of. They just say, like, yeah, some people leave and we're trying our best. Cyberpunk 2077 is moving on as we do. You know, 
I'd, I'd it's like an interesting to, thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to ask around a little bit more, do do a little bit more research just to see what, what kinds of things that they're being accused of, because I, I haven't been necessarily been aware of any specifics either. I haven't either. But it's a weird story. Hmm. Hopefully everything is all well over in Poland. Hmm. Speaking of The Witcher, though. Yeah. Go watch that no clip documentary. Oh, yeah. I need to finish it up. I, I haven't had time. I'm about halfway through it. I am exactly halfway through it. I got three more parts to, to watch, but what a fantastic documentary with that no clip has done. Mm. Very good entertainment. Um, so, damn it, more bad news. Have you? Oh, so you gathered the news today. Yeah. And I other did. than that one weird story, it seems like you decide, decided or just the video game world decided to be very bad this week. <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest thing. So I was going through and I'm like, yeah, this story is not really a, a thing. It's not much to come with this, but hey, there's something to come with this one. They all ended up being kind of. Y'all fuckers like Lego. <laughs> I don't mind them. Yeah, Lego's Lego's good, but and they they made this video game thing, Lego Dimensions, and they're ending it a year earlier than they planned. <laughs> so Lego Dimensions was like this like toys to life thing <laughs> back when that was the craze, and now that it's kind of dying down, I don't really think any toys to life things are big right now. No, and that that's the thing. I mean, this hasn't. Uh, been officially confirmed or denied that this is actually a thing, but uh, it's a big rumor that right now that they are canceling Lego Dimensions early because of the cost of using real Legos to develop all these figures, sales not being as strong, and Toys to Life just not really being a thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was a neat idea, and I get what they were going for, but let Legos be Legos, man. And if yeah. you're going to make a Lego video game, you don't need to you don't need Legos to make a Lego video game. You yeah, need to make a video like, game like hmm. having maybe you have a video game that releases the same day a Lego set releases might be a smart idea. But don't make the things interchangeable like it like interdependent. Yeah. And it's just like I feel like. They were trying to make this like Lego game to end all Lego games Mm -hmm. like this could just be the thing you buy these figures and it's this constantly expanding game. But it just didn't didn't work out. The genre just fell off. I think this game would have been fucking huge if it came out two or three years earlier than it originally did mm-hmm. when Toys to Life was still a very popular thing. But it just came a little bit too late. And it's a shame because, you know, I didn't actually play the game, but from reviews and everything I saw, it seemed like it was actually a pretty solid game. And it had that fun Lego gameplay hook to it. But it just it just makes sense. I mean, nobody is really talking about these games anymore. I imagine it's hard to sell the figures that are still figurines. They're still on the shelf. You know, it's it's not really a thing in games anymore. It's it's like the music genre. 
craze. It just kind of comes, it gets really popular. You better hop on that train while you can, then know when to get the fuck out. Disney knew when to get the fuck out, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know? Because Skylanders isn't a thing anymore either. Correct. Not really. So. Mm. R.I.P. Lego Dimensions, Toys to Life video games. Hmm. All right. Well, it's October, Tyler. It's almost yeah. time for Halloween. And Sale of the Dead is kicking off with week one sales up to 50% off, 60% if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Some devilishly good games, they call them. Ha! There's a there's an extensive list of PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Vita games, as well as some movies. Let's uh let's let's pick some things out here. Uh you got uh got the Bioshock collection. If you still haven't bought that, that's been on sale so many different times. Yeah. If you're on you Pla- it. it's if you're a PlayStation Plus member, that's thirty bucks. Yeah, that's a solid price for that. You got Alien Isolation the Collection for twelve bucks. If you wanna check that out. Oh baby, baby, baby. We Crypt got to the Necro Dancer for three bucks. That's a interesting video game. You could get the first oh we'll, we'll just go if you like Dead Rising, you can get the triple pack Ooh. for wow. twenty three seventy nine. There you go. You can get... What? What? Dead Island Definitive Collection, which has the first game and Riptide for $12. Do you think Dead Island 2 will ever come back and be a thing? Remember that? Nah. Nah. I don't think so either. I think that game's pretty much fucking gone. If you liked Fortnite's Battle Royale mode and want to check out the single player, the lowest level you can buy in at is on sale for $24. Mm. Goat Simulator, goats, for $1.50. Yo, if you haven't played Guacamelee 1, you're fucking up. It's four fifty dollars also for, for 2 that's always a game that I think about. I'm like, I need to go back and play Guacamelee because that's a fun game. Never finished it. Hmm. Killing Floor 2, 16 bucks. Shoot some zombies. Shooting some zombies. Oh, shit. I need to play that new, that Life is Strange episode that launched this week. Oh, shit. Yeah, that did come out this week. Huh. I got to do that. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to. I just don't know many of these games. Outlast is out for five bucks, and Outlast two for eighteen. Yeah. Or you could get. Oh, you could also get the original Outlast bundle with uh, the DLCs for seven twenty four. Mm-hmm. Observer is eighteen bucks. That's a recent horror game that people have very much enjoyed. Got great reviews. You got Party Hard. <laughs> Go kill some fools. $3.24. Oh, man. You got a series of Resident Evil games. Uh, the Resident Evil PS4 HD remaster. Zero, four, five, and 6, all for $8 each. Resident Evil 7 for 30 bucks. That's a great price for Resident Evil 7. Oh, yeah. That's a... 
It's a hell of a game. Came out it this is. year. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it but it but it did. Fucking get the bug catch, bug butcher. 250. Dog. I don't even know what it is, Dog. but it sounds goofy. Dog. Fucking salt and sanctuary for nine bucks. Yeah. Fucking 2D Dark Souls right there. Slender, their arrival for two dollars. Mm. Because why not? And there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. There's a bunch of Walking Dead games. Yo, you want dog? That? The Witcher Three Wild Hunt Complete Edition for twenty dollars. Oh my god! Twenty dollars for. <laughs> oh. Oh, one of the best games of all time for $20. There's so much content in there for 20 fucking dollars. Holy crap. You know, for 20 fucking dollars, I could go buy a bottle of whiskey or I could just buy this fucking Witcher game. And I'm going to fucking buy this Witcher game because that's going to last me longer than a fucking weekend. Unlike this bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Because I'm a fucking drunk. What remains of Edith Finch? I don't know. You got to find out. Find out. After you pay thirteen dollars, hmm. yeah, there's there's just a shit ton of stuff here. I I think I've gotten through most of what I recognize. Really, there's Walking Dead season two. If you want that, yeah. Uh, oh man, all these horror films. You can watch Beetlejuice. <laughs> Speaking of horror films, I just watched the first Friday the 13th movie for the first time ever. Never saw any of them. Dude, horror films it was all right. fuck me up. I just... It's not that they scare me or they fuck me up. I just don't like them. Just Torture don't. porn disgusts me. Yeah, I don't like that shit. And to me, like, something that just really pisses me off about horror movies is the characters always make just so many stupid fucking decisions. It's yeah. like, well, you wouldn't have a horror movie if it's not for some dumbass that's like, oh, let me go check this out. Oh, oh man. There, you know what would be funny? A horror movie that kind of makes fun of that and does the kind of Deadpool st- style, like, uh, where they, like, break in the fourth wall, where, like... <laughs> The big bad, like, come it pauses and the big bad comes out and just makes fun of whoever's making the shitty decision, and then it continues on. I think that would that's a good concept for a horror film. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for that new X Men movie? No, I haven't. Mutants. I have a horror movie. It's a horror X Men movie. It actually looks pretty cool though. Hmm. We'll see. Speaking of movies, I I I I watched that Blade Runner. Did you watch that Blade Runner? want to watch that blade you've got to watch that fucking blade runner is it good it is it's great that world they're in is really fucked up have you seen the first one no i haven't i need to i haven't seen the first one either and apparently this one is kind of a sequel yeah yeah i really want to see that movie oh man yeah i just i thought it was great it's a long movie like two hours 43 minutes or something like that's the runtime yeah good let's get to the new games this week hopefully not as much as last week but also any number of games is probably too much (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, I'll get us started with Abyss, The Wraiths of Eden, a digital game on PlayStation 4. Discover and investigate a forgotten underwater city built by an intriguing Art Deco style. This former utopia hides many spine-chilling secrets and supernatural forces, the remains of which still lurk in every corner. Next up is Boko Suka Wars 2, PS4. Free your allies and lead your armies to invade the Bossom Empire. More than 30 years ago, Boko Suka Wars captured the minds of 80s game enthusiasts across the globe. Now, an official sequel is finally here on PS4. <sighs> Next up, Chaos Semicolon Child. <laughs> this is a PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita game available digitally. It's been six years since a massive earthquake leveled the city of Shibuya. Now, in October 2015, while researching a number of recent murders, Takuru Miyashiro realizes a horrible truth. Oh, boy. Next up is Dungeons 3, PS4, digital and retail. Through enticing this, the dark elf priestess Thalia from the fluffy clutches of surface world to become his chief lieutenant the dungeon lord has found a way to direct his campaign of conquest from the confines of his underground lair hmm. I, I'd, I'd like to have an underground lair where, where, where maybe I'd play this next game Elix on or Alex on PlayStation 4 digital and at retail. Alex is a vast open world RPG set in a science fantasy world full of freedom and choices where magic and technology are fighting for dominance. Whoa. Next up is Gran Turismo Sport, PS4 digital and retail. Welcome to the future of motorsports. Gran Turismo Sport is the world's first racing experience to be built from the ground up to bring global online competitions sanctioned by the highest governing body of international motorsports, the FIA, the Federation International Automobile. That's a pretty cool thing. Oh, shit. Now that you mention it, yeah. I have been noticing that for the tournaments that are scheduled, yeah. They are sanctioned tournaments. Oh. Huh. Next up is Hex Card Clash. On PlayStation 4 digitally, Hex can do things a paper TCG can only dream of doing. We can socket gems and cards to give them additional powers. Use card powers to transform them into different cards mid-match and play with game space to produce never-before-seen designs. Is game space all one word? I don't think word? so. <laughs> I don't know. Next up is the Jackbox Party Pack 4 on PS4. The biggest and fourthiest addition to this storied game franchise is here. Use your phones and tablets, phones or tablets, as controllers to play up with 16 players, plus an audience of up to 10,000. Hmm. Here we have a PlayStation VR game, Megaton Rainfall. 
Become an indestructible interdimensional super being in this first person superhero game and save Earth from an alien invasion. Next up is No Heroes Allowed VR on VR. Become the god of destruction in a unique real-time strategy game utilizing PlayStation VR. Breed monsters to invade human territories seen in a diorama-like view through the eyes of the gods of destruction. Oh, boy. You got Charizard there. Oh. You got Mega Man. You got Scyther. You got the Joker. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. You know, there's a lot going on oh, in, in real farm on PlayStation 4 digitally. Pull on your boots, fire up your tractor, and cultivate success in real farm. The most immersive agricultural simulator around. Wonderful. Maybe maybe we should pick that up. See how real it is. <laughs> We should. We'd know. Maybe there's some Amish in there. Ooh. Realms of Arcania, Blade of Destiny on PS4. Blade of Destiny is a faithful remake of the 1992 original, adored by a generation of RPG fans and one of the most successful RPGs in the 1990s. Mm. Nobody says the 1990s. They just say the 90s. Yeah. Fuck off. Next up is Rogue Trooper Redux. PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. A pioneering tactical shooter and landmark comic book adaptation, Rogue Trooper is back. Remastered and revitalized in true high definition. Next up is South Park, the fractured but whole PS4 Digital and Retail. From the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, comes South Park, The Fractured But Whole, a sequel to 2014's award-winning South Park, The Stick of Truth. Players will once again assume the role of the new kid and join South Park favorites Stan, Kyle, Kenny, and Cartman in a new hilarious and outrageous RPG adventure. Outrageous it is. One very intriguing thing is the way difficulty is done in this game so it's a slider white to black white is easy there's a trophy for beating being a black character and beating it on the hardest difficult yeah it's that's south park (laughs) yeah that's a choice I mean, it's just a fucked up. I don't know why I expected better of South Park. But uh, if you're if you're looking to not be offended, don't play South Park the Fraction at home. Yeah, it 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 says be offended by something. It it says some bad things sometimes. (laughs) Oh man, just like South Park. Next up is Spiral Splatter. If this turns out to be a fucking fidget spinner fucking simulator, I'm going to... Spiral Splatter is a brain-bending arcade puzzle game that will push your hand-eye coordination to the limit with non-stop mind-boggling puzzles. I swear if that is a fucking fidget spinner game, I'm fucking done. Yeah. 
Next up is Summon Night 6 Lost Borders on PS4 and Vita Digital and Retail. Has no picture, though. So is it a video game? I don't know. One of the most unique and enjoyable Japanese RPG features amazing graphics, dozens of characters, more than 30 endings, and 18 hours of spoken dialogue and key events for you to enjoy. 18 hours of spoken dialogue. Fuck. Great. Just great. (laughs) Fucking awesome. Finally, we have WWE 2K18. They made a fucking wrestling game on PlayStation 4. The biggest video game franchise in WWE history is back with WWE 2K18. With hard-hitting action, stunning graphics, drama, excitement, game modes, match types, creation capabilities, and everything you've come to love from WWE 2K, WWE 2K18 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before. Can we not say the biggest video game franchise in WWE history? Like, no fucking shit. That's not a thing. Also, I saw that this game has some very weird fucking bugs. I mean, they typically do. There's a couch that ankle locks you. Mm. Nice. Beck put out a new new music. Yeah, so did Wu-Tang Clan and Pink. Hmm. Decent week for music. Yeah, you can watch The Dark Tower as well, which is a okay movie. That's yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. And also, The Walking Dead comes back if you're excited about that. I'm not, but I'm going to watch it anyway. I've accepted that The Walking Dead is just a thing that happens in my life. Yeah. I don't get excited for it, but I also I don't not look forward to it. You watch it with someone else? I don't. Oh, you just you suffer through that alone? Yeah, I watch it by myself and then I talk to Keith about it and we just go, yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> Have you? It's not bad. It's, okay. Most people make it out to be a really shitty show anymore. It's not that bad. It's just the past few seasons haven't been as good as early on. And there's like kind of no end in sight for this show. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know. It'll go on for 12 more seasons. Why not? Great. That's awesome. Awesome. More TV I won't watch. There you go. That's that's all I've been asking for. Um, I think that's probably going to do it for us this week. What you looking forward to? Playing South Park. The Fractured But Whole. And some more SteamWorld Dig. You want to hear some more bad news, Tyler? What? I, I didn't even mention this at the top of the show, but tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to take my car into the shop because some jackass decided to run a red light and hit my car. I did see that, which is <sighs> unfortunate. It has been a fucking week, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Oh, God. How, how bad was it? Like, so it- it's drivable. The headlight still works and the blinker still works. So it is legal. They just smashed the, gl- the glass off of the headlight, uh, bent that fender a little bit in the front. And like they I think it's like it's kind of looks like they, it pushed it in like it tore it open a little bit there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so were you like going through the intersection? So. All right. And so- the person came. 
in front of you or so i was sitting at a red light this red light takes forever to switch i know it takes forever to switch so i just sit there and wait for it to switch to green i come out and i'm turning left i'm turning left okay this guy just comes in and just smashes into me as i'm turning left and i'm pulling out right as it turns like i saw it turn green i start pulling out holy fuck luckily and this is the one time I will thank eco mode in my car. If I did not have eco mode engaged, I would have accelerated faster and he would have T-boned my fucking ass. Oh, or yeah. she it's it, it's that's she. Good. But yeah, that's the one time I will thank eco mode. <laughs> wow. Fuck that, man. That's a that's unfortunate. Yes. Didn't you get <sighs> hit last year i did when we were about to go to pax yep yeah and it was on that same road just a different intersection this road's cursed man don't drive it too bad it is the one road that it takes me anywhere from where i'm at Mm -hmm. otherwise i have to take a series of back roads and shit uh Oh, well, it's been a week. This has been episode 84 of the PlayStation Report. As always, you can contact us at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com or at PS Report Podcast on Twitter. You can find me and all of my complaints on on Twitter at The Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged on Vids. Yeah. What you got going on over there? What you cooking? Uh, a concert review of the Black Dahlia murder in suffocation that I saw last weekend. Mm, so if you're into any of that sort of shit, check it out. <laughs> yes, do that. And also, until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and what we tell the folks to do. Stay saucy.